0: Chapter Thirty Eight of In Search of Treasure by Horatio Alger, Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty Eight Back in Bayport. In Bayport, things were moving on as usual. From week to week, the Reverend Mr. Fenwick appeared in the pulpit of the village church and officiated to the satisfaction of all but a small minority of the parish for there were a few malcontents, headed by deacon crane who had not yet lost the hope of seeing the pulpit filled by his cousin who not being popular had been unemployed more than half the time during the past year the deacon went about and dropped disparaging remarks about mr fenwick but they did not bear fruit to his chagrin he found that very few cared for a change he was perplexed but none the less determined to bring about his desires to facilitate his purpose he informed the treasurer of the parish that he should reduce by one half his subscription to the parish expenses why is this deacon crane asked the treasurer are you getting poor no brother jones but i ain't exactly satisfied with our pastor why not i don't seem to get much spiritual refreshment from his sermons the rest of the congregation do and they are to be considered the deacon had nothing to say in reply but he stayed at home the next sunday one reason for his dissatisfaction came from a letter he had received from his clerical relative asking for the loan of one hundred dollars i can't lend you the money he replied but if i can get the parish to dismiss mr fenwick i will try to get you in his place It was while the deacon was exercised in this way that his son Noah ran into the store one afternoon and exclaimed, Who do you think has just gone past the store? You had better tell me, Noah. I can't waste my time in guessing. It was the minister's son, Guy. Deacon Crane pricked up his ears. How did he look? Pretty fair. He's probably lost his place and come home to live on his father. Shouldn't be a bit surprised, Dad. Noah, said the deacon, much shocked. Never call me Dad again. It isn't respectful. All right, Father. You'd better call at the minister's and find out what brings Guy home this time. I think I may have occasion to call this evening, replied the deacon. Meanwhile, we will follow Guy home. His father was overjoyed to see his son back again for he was deeply attached to his only child after the first greetings were over guy said you don't ask me whether i am still at work for mr saunders i thought you would tell me in due time guy now i can only think with joy of your return well father i mean to stay at home or at least near home for a year mr saunders has given me a vacation of twelve months doubtless my son you can find some employment here since he will not need you for a year guy smiled there is no reason to worry about that father he said how are you getting on with deacon crane i think guy he would prefer to have a younger man in my place it makes me feel that i am growing old pooh father you are only fifty-two but tell me Did you not at one time think of writing a commentary on the Gospels? Yes, Guy, but my sermon writing takes all my time. Then why not apply to the parish to give you a young man as a colleague? The parish cannot afford to pay two salaries. Then you might offer to serve as senior pastor without salary. But, Guy, how am I to live? What salary does the parish pay you now? a thousand dollars very well father ask for an assistant and i will pay you twelve hundred dollars a year i suppose you are joking guy not at all i am in earnest but where are you to get the money asked mr fenwick looking at his son in bewilderment i must tell you father that i am worth over a hundred thousand dollars if you had not always been truthful guy i should think that you were trying to deceive me then guy explained the explanation was to his father a marvellous one and he had many questions to ask now father guy concluded i will alter the terms of my proposal i will make over to you outright the sum of twenty-five thousand dollars and you can invest it so as to produce a good income finally mr fenwick accepted his son's proposal and agreed to communicate with the parish that same evening deacon crane tapped at the door and was admitted guy was at home and sat demurely in his father's study so you've come home have you guy was his greeting preceded by a cough noah told me he saw you go by the store yes noah is a great friend of mine returned guy with a smile i hope he is well yes i'm thankful to say he is he's a good steady boy noah is he don't go gadding about all over the world like me suggested guy with a smile the deacon coughed but did not disclaim the amendment have you lost your place he asked mr saunders has given me a year's vacation answered guy huh, said the deacon that's rather hard on you you may find it difficult to get a place round here i shall not try for one i am going to stay at home with father part of the time you're pretty young to retire from business sneered the deacon I shall be glad to have Noah call on me. I don't approve of Noah being idle. He's helping me in the store, out of school. By the way, Deacon Crane, said the minister, who was enjoying in his quiet way the deacon's misunderstanding, I am glad you called in. I want to consult you about church matters. Guy wants me to ask for a younger man to share with me the responsibilities of parish work as a colleague mr fenwick said the deacon greatly surprised you must be aware that the parish cannot afford to pay two ministers as it is we are cramped by our agreement to pay you a thousand dollars for that reason i propose to relinquish my own salary there will be but one salary to pay but said the deacon inexpressibly surprised how are you going to live perhaps i ought to mention that a relative has given me twenty five thousand dollars i can live on the income arising from that deacon crane looked at the minister with greatly increased respect for he set high value on worldly prosperity why that makes you a rich man mr fenwick he said indeed i feel so but i didn't know you had any rich relatives nor i till today. do you mind telling me who has given you this handsome fortune guy answered the minister briefly i didn't come here to be made a fool of said the deacon angrily half rising in his chair no one has tried to make a fool of you returned guy quickly i have been very fortunate and can well afford to give my father twenty-five thousand dollars he is anxious to get time to write a commentary on the gospels and so i have induced him to ask for a colleague is it really true guy you can rely upon it deacon crane father may have occasion to consult you about the investment of his money i'll be very glad to oblige him said the deacon generously WHEN WILL HE COME INTO POSSESSION OF THE AMOUNT? NEXT WEEK. I CONGRATULATE YOU HEARTILY, GUY, SAID THE DEACON, VERY cordially. I ALWAYS THOUGHT YOU WERE A SMART BOY. I AM SORRY YOU DON'T WANT NOAH TO COME TO SEE ME. I HAVE BROUGHT HIM A GOLD WATCH FROM NEW YORK. I WILL SEND HIM RIGHT OVER, SAID THE DEACON, BRISKLY. HE THINKS A SIGHT OF YOU. I AM GLAD TO HEAR THAT i shall always be glad to do him a good turn i guess i must be goin said the deacon who was anxious to spread the wonderful news well father did you see guy asked noah when his father entered the store yes i did is he out of work he needn't work any more as long as he lives said the deacon solemnly guy's come home with a fortune He's just given his father twenty five thousand dollars. Noah listened with eyes and mouth wide open. Do tell Pa, he said. Yes, Guy's an awfully smart boy. He's brought home a gold watch for you, Noah, and he'll give it to you when you go over. I'll go right over, Pa. And I'm willing you should be with him as much as he wishes. Take my advice, Noah and make him your intimate friend you bet i will pa don't use that expression noah remember you are a deacon's son in a few weeks the changes already hinted at were effected mr fenwick was provided with a colleague but not the deacon's relative and had begun work on his commentary at the end of a year Guy entered the office of the New York correspondent of John Saunders, whom he will eventually succeed. He makes a good business man, and Mr. Saunders has never had occasion to regret the interest he has taken in the young American. End of chapter 38. Recording by Warren Caudy, Gurnee, Illinois. End of In Search of Treasure by Horatio Alger, Jr.